I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Final half hour of today's episode of the program. Uh, before we jump into this story about the, the pair of mink here in Utah, which have tested positive for the coronavirus, let me extend to you a quick invitation. Please, uh, would you download an app for me? It's the KSL News Radio app, a fantastic tool powered by Any Hour Services. On there, you can, of course, listen to the program. Uh, there's also a video link if you're curious as to uh, what's going on in the background here, my little guest bedroom as I broadcast to you each uh, day. Uh, you can get that on the app as well right now, and it's especially important now as we are returning to school. We have uh, an army of reporters, KSL News Radio reporters, and they are in the field uh, all hours of the day. And they right now are paying extra special attention uh, to what's going on as your children, as the students of this state, return to the classroom. Uh, there's a, a little bit of uncertainty and uneasiness associated with this return to the classroom. Uh, will the guidelines be sufficient? Will the students adhere to the guidelines? Will the teachers uh, feel at some point uh, an appropriate measure of comfort? We, we don't know. We don't know. We're doing the best we can to get uh, good results, and you can follow that all at the KSL News Radio app powered by uh, Any Hour Services. All right, let's remind ourselves of a conversation we had some time ago. There, uh, a while back, uh, was a story that came from the Netherlands. Uh, there were mink farms uh, in, in the Netherlands. Uh, in fact, the Netherlands, uh, you should know, is uh, one of the largest. Uh, homes for the mink industry. There are uh, just, just countless farms uh, which, which raise mink, you know, for their pelts. And, well, those mink uh, in the Netherlands, uh, they came down with the coronavirus. The highest of likelihoods is that uh, it was a worker there on one of the farms uh, had the coronavirus and it somehow jumped from uh, human to creature and then from a creature to creature, uh, just destroying, destroying uh, a big sector of that industry in the Netherlands. In fact, some one million uh, mink have been culled uh, in the Netherlands. And in Spain, they are facing something similar, uh, looking at uh, 100,000 mink needing to be put down as a result of this coronavirus. Well, <clears throat> you know uh, from listening to this program, and I, I've learned it from speaking to smart people and that here in Utah, that mink farming is big business as well. There are a number of, of well-established mink farms that uh, uh, have been in certain families for generations, and uh, there's a lot of pride taken uh, in, in, the, in the business here in Utah, uh, uh, an element of farming, uh, unlike, you know, just, like, just like any other. 
and uh, joining us to talk about uh, the latest development on that front, the infection of two mink here in Utah is Clayton Beckstead, uh, a friend of the program with the Utah Farm Bureau, uh, Northeastern Regional Manager. Uh, Clayton joins us now. Clayton, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Lee? Not bad at all. I'm grateful to you for joining us, uh, and I'm so sorry. This has got to be a scary time. You, sir, a mink farmer yourself, uh, I I, I can imagine that this news is is not uh, what you wanted to start the week with. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely difficult news to hear. Um, You know, number one is the health and safety of our employees and and our animals, and so any time that either of those are sick or, or not doing well, it's stressful. To, you know, as an owner and, and a producer of the mink, you know, it's, yeah, we, we definitely are worried about it for sure. Are, are, is, there, is there reason for optimism? Do you have, are, are there ways to mitigate the spread? What are we facing here in Utah uh, that's dissimilar to what uh, has occurred in the Netherlands? So, you know, just by the nature of the way the animals are raised, they, they are already in quarantine. Um, you know, they, it's not like they're free ranged, and so we don't, we're not, the mink aren't being handled. You know, they're just being fed and watered every day. The employees, you know, we have a biosecurity program in place that, that you know, with the help of the state vet and the health department to keep it from, you know, from spreading as, as much as possible. How did, how was this discovery made? What, what, uh, what were the circumstances leading up to the, to the testing of these mink and ultimately discovering that, uh, that two were positive? Well, there was just some unusual deaths on, on a couple of the farms. And so they were sent into a lab for further testing to, which is normal protocol, you know, with, you know, with any, any farm really. And so we sent them into a lab and they come back, you know, with, with the coronavirus, you know, with the positive test yeah. of the coronavirus. And what has happened since then? Have there been changes to your knowledge uh, in the farms where, where these were discovered? Well, no. I mean, as far as, you know, like I said, the, we're not going from farm to farm. The employees, you know, are, are yeah. we're limiting their interaction in the, in the sheds. Um, you know, like I said, they're, they're wearing masks and gloves and boots so that, you know, to try to slow it down or stop it for that matter. What's the, what's the best case scenario coming out of this? Uh, the coronavirus goes away and we all live happily ever after. <laughs> That's the way. That's the way. And, uh, and I guess I should have asked this uh, in reverse order. What's, uh, what's worst case and how do we avoid it? Um, well, so right now, the, the health department, the state vet, telling us it really is a non-issue. There's no, there's zero cases even worldwide of it going from animal to human. Right. And so, um, you know, our main concern is that we don't spread it from human to animals. You know, it's our livelihood, uh-huh. and so we're trying to protect our animals and our herds, and and you know that's our number one priority and keeping our employees safe. And so, for right now, that's our main focus. We're we're working hand in hand with the state vet and, and the health department and doing, you know, they've been on the farms and seen what we're doing and they like what they see. And so uh, we're just going to, we'll continue to work with them and be open with them as far as, you know, any new, new and breaking things that come out that we can help slow this down. We'll certainly implement those, but right now we're doing everything they've asked us to do and, and, and above, you know, even more yeah. than what they've asked us to do. 
how about how about animal to animal? What's the is the, is that a threat that's being addressed, or is that a threat that even exists? What about that? Well, I mean, really, a lot of that right now is just under research. Um, yeah. The state vets, you know, they're doing some things right now. We there's no, we don't even really know how it's being spread, and so, you know, they're individually caged, and so right now, you know, we're just trying mm. to just be as cautious and as careful as possible, and trying to you know, record the patterns of how it moves around and, and where, you know, what. but right now with those five cases, there's just not a lot we can do. You know, there's yeah. just not a lot of science behind it right now. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, uh, I, you know, we're all hoping for the best case scenario. Uh, COVID goes away and we all live happily ever after. Uh, and these mink get to continue to thrive uh, and bring, you know, enrichment to your lives and livelihoods. And so that's what we're rooting for. And hopefully we make our way uh, to that end. Clayton Beckstead with the Utah Farm Bureau, a mink farmer himself. Sir, thanks a lot. Thanks, Lee. I appreciate you. 100%. Best of luck to you. Uh, listen, we're going to take a break here in a moment. When we return, uh, I, I learned something about cats and dogs here in Utah and the, the coronavirus. It turns out there are a handful that here in Utah have contracted it. I'll share it with you in a moment where I found that information. And then we're going to look at nursing homes. What is the future of nursing homes and long-term care facilities uh, here in Utah and around the world? We'll dig into that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.